I saw the picture of the fam at the game last night. You yeah. sent me that text. But I was I was off the phone last night, and you told me, oh, for three. I didn't know what you were talking yeah. about. <laughs> but I was just off the phone last night. Okay. We got a lot going on in the uh, – my girlfriend makes uh, signs. Right. So we had about uh, an overload of orders came in yesterday. So we were hard at work on yeah, getting Yeah, because I texted you about fulfilled. three or four to- three times and no response, so I put 0 for 3. 0 for 3, all right. I didn't you know got what it, though. What? You got it. You understood what I was talking about, I think. No, I didn't. didn't. That's why I said, what do you mean? Oh. Yeah, and you were like, oh, and I still didn't understand. In typical swine fashion, you can say something in a text, and you will respond that has nothing to do with the well, actual question. I, I don't like texting serious stuff because things get lost in translation. Yeah, I wrote 0 for 3, question mark. And you wrote three texts, no reply, very perceptive. I'm shutting it down. And I said, I don't even know what that means. <laughs> I don't even know what it means sometimes. Right. Uh, Mike, we got, a, we got a good show lined up. We got a great show lined up today. Uh, we're going to talk a little Phillies. Uh, obviously, the Flyers last night. Oh, my God. Now, I know yesterday you were texting me, especially when we were talking about Claude Giroux. Yeah. And we'll get into that. Um, but the Flyers, no heart, no fight. No guts, no glory, nothing. Time to blow it up, Mike. I've been saying it for four I years. That, but I, and yeah, I what, said that. You're just waiting on this now? No, 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 no. This is a revelation been, now? No, we've been saying this for a little while, but I'm just, I just reiterated. Yeah. It's time to blow it up, Mike. Yeah, I mean, I said this last week. I mean, this whole core, again, the only reason you were excited about the team last year was one reason, the goaltender. That's it. You guys asked yesterday. What's the biggest need? For the first time in the history of this show or this anything, the answer isn't goaltender. Right. Right? And you're not even sure about that now. But you finally fixed something that you had a well, problem Carter with. Carter Hart's been playing well since his reset. Yeah, I'm saying. I'm not saying that you have a goaltending problem. Right. I'm saying the answer to that question, if you ask that question any other year, the answer is goaltending. Right? Absolutely. Now the problem is the second problem this team has had for basically my whole life. They can't score. They don't have a goal score. Claude Giroux is a very, very good player. He's not an elite player, right. and that's the problem. When your best player is just very good, your team only has such a ceiling. So uh, so we'll, we'll cover, and we're going to talk Eagles football today with Ron Jaworski. The NFL draft comes up at the end of the month, coming up upon us quick. By the way, I caught you and Sal on Friday, and uh, I like I like what Sal was, was, was saying. Uh, move up to nine, get in front of the Cowboys. Yep. A lot of people, this is funny too. This is like the disturbed hate of Howie Roseman just to hate the man. There's no reason why you would not like anything. You know, there's executives out there. There was an article, a, uh, there was an article about, they did a two week questionnaire with executives, front office, general managers. Right. And every one of them said the, the Dolphins got ripped off, that the Eagles fleeced them. And yet the fans still want to argue it because they just simply well, don't. just because they say it doesn't mean it's true. Well, it remains to be sure. Seen. But the, no, the opinion around the league is that the trade now you can mess the, the pickup. Right, right. But right. the trade itself should not be argued is you absolutely fleece them. And you got so much left over that you have the ability to get the first round pick that you got in that trade, have that, and then move back up into this draft without really taking a hit. Yeah, I, I uh, you know, which is what Sal mapped out. Um, I want to get ahead Friday. of the Cowboys. <laughs> I want to get ahead of the Cowboys and the Giants. Yeah, I mean, they're dra- this is one of the more interesting draft scenarios. You got 
Dallas, New York, and Philly all drafting bang, 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 10, 11, 12. So you know that the odds of you wanting a player and saying he's there at 10 and the Cowboys acquiescing to you is not going to happen. And same with the Giants. Right. So if you have a player, you're going to have to leapfrog over both of those So this two is guys. where the actual competitive nature of the, the whole team from top to bottom, I mean, everybody has to it's, – it's a team effort, a total team effort from owner, GM, to coach and players. Because this is this yeah. is their season. Yeah, I mean, GM. this is where obviously Howie Roseman has been criticized for these moments. It's right. the draft moments. It's not even the draft moments. It's not the trade. It's not the moves that they make. It's not the stuff that they have um, added to the to the to the you know to the cupboard, if you will. It's the execution once they get the pick that has been the issue for this team in most areas. They have not hit in recent drafts, and that's why people are. You know, hey, you could love what this have you draft. Done for me lately? Oh, you could like this draft. <laughs> I like the trade that they make. I love the fact that they have the 12th pick. They have a first round pick next year. They have the Dolphins first round pick next year. And they're probably going to have the Colts first round pick next right. year. Everybody's response is, well, he'll mess it up. Well, he doesn't mess them all up as, as much as you hate to say it. He does get some of them right. The problem is not enough, and I understand that. But the thing is, you can't say that there's a 0% chance that they're going to get this right. They might actually – he drafted Lane Johnson. He drafted Zach Ertz. No, I, and I get it, Mike. I mean, he, he, I would say, would you, give, would you give me this? He's 500. Yeah, oh, and guess what? I'll get – look, you accuse me of being a Howie hater. Yeah. I'm not a Howie the man hater. I just don't think – I just think I'm more critical of what has happened over the last three years. I was, not, yeah. not the total that's fair. job. That's fair. That's fair, right? That's fair. And I will say this, though, in in in, be, in being objective, if he's 50-50, most GMs are about 55. They don't hit. Right. I said to, I'll say to you, and I'll ask the listeners out there, give me an NFL GM that you consider to be a – Top level GM. You know who I, I did this? I had this uh, piece. I never got to it. I'm going to talk about it tomorrow on my show. So I'll do a little tease here little on the locker room. Set it up in the room. locker room. Yeah. Right, <laughs> they did the top five drafting teams and right. the worst five drafting teams over the last 10 years. Okay. All right. I would imagine the Eagles are up in the top five. They are not. Okay. But believe it or not, they didn't fall in the bottom five either. So they're, so they're not one of the worst drafting so teams. So I was right on when I said 50-50. Well, my, but you're right. And I said you are right about that. But context is king, and people don't like it because it doesn't fit their narrative. Roseman's the worst. He's got to be the worst. No, most GMs in the league are hitting about 50-50 on their picks. The good ones are about 55 58 right, but Mike, But, Mike, like I just said, like I re reiterated, I'm talking about the last three years. Yes. We're, we're critical. Accurate. And I know, look, and there's been all kind of smoke. You know, you guys talked about it, not at nausea, but you, you spent a lot of time on the story on the in the Athletic yep. this week. Hey, so, I mean, there's a lot. Of Who do you think the best two drafting teams were? I would have to say the, um, the two best. The two best drafting teams. Yeah. So the draft teams. is so important. Minnesota you gotta hit on the draft. It's the most important. If you don't hit on the draft, your team stinks. Minnesota? No. Minnesota. These are only the top five. And then the honorable. And this mentions. is the last 10 years. From 2010 to 2020, who have been the best five drafting teams and the worst the Chiefs. five. The Chiefs were honorable mention. Okay. As one of the best. And the guess Packers, what? The Packers. I will say this. We did this last year for the Super Bowl. The Chiefs' 53-man roster only had eight first-round picks on it. Wow. 
How about the Packers, Mike? Packers were honorable mention. They were the 10th, number 10. How about the, uh, geez, AFC, not the, not the Patriots. No, the Patriots, I believe, are actually in one of the Low worst, worst. <laughs> categories. Uh, yeah, the Patriots the are one of the examples. How about the Colts? Uh, the Colts actually were the fifth best drafting team. Okay. You know what they've won? Nothing. About as much as you and I. <laughs> all right. All right. We'll, we'll say no, all I will dra- say this. We'll, we'll the number say- one drafting team in the last 10 years. The Houston Texans Get out, really? are the best drafting team How about that, in Mike? the last 10 that, years. Now that, and number that's two. Surprising, that's surprising because they haven't won anything either. I think people, the draft is very important, but I think it's like most things, we overrate it because it's the one singular event at this time of the year. It's the only thing going, right. and we get so excited about it. And when then that guy, we get excited about that guy, and if he doesn't work out, it's such a letdown. But there are many ways to build a team. The draft is well, very, look, very height, helpful. Look, the NFL is a three sixty-five right now. The sport it's 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 all year round. Yep. And people get so hyped up because because football is the king king of the hill right now. Yeah. And I I see the hype. I get it. I love it. It's one of my favorite right. sporting events of the entire year. I'm going to be sad when it's gone. I love talking about maneuvering and moving and this guy against that guy that that to me these are the things like this is why I love the process building a team is almost more fun for me than the games themselves all right I I, I can see that I can see that all right, like, the number two draft we'll team. save a lot of the and uh, the NFL draft for the second hour all right let's give me the number two ready all right, number two the Carolina Panthers really? are the second best drafting team not have guessed in the last decade. Would not have guessed that. There you go. I will right, we'll save a lot. We'll save our NFL draft talk. We got Jaws at eleven o'clock. Hey, Mike, I got a four pack of Phillies tickets to give away for tomorrow's game. Wow, we're gonna have Gabe a uh, Kapler. Gabe Kapler comes to town. Now, how about uh, this? Gabe Kapler's team is pretty good with not a lot of talent. They're overachieving right now. Well, maybe the manager <laughs> should deserve some credit. You know, there's been some comparisons for, of Nick Sariani to Gabe Kapler this week in the newspaper. Yeah, in the Daily News, we're going to get into some of that with you. They're eight uh, and six. Yeah, they're over. They're eight and six. They're overachieving a little bit, but a little bit. Uh, so I contend again we're that gonna, uh, we're going to we're going to ask a uh, we're going to ask a text question. Uh, you're going to send us a text at 609-403-0973. We're going to give away a four pack of Phillies tickets, courtesy of Pensauk and Spine in Rehab. Dominic Mariani has donated the picture or donated the tickets. When you, uh, when you answer the question, the text question of the day, uh, make sure you include your email address because the winner will pick the inner winner at the end of the show. And we will uh, email you the tickets. I did that yesterday. Modern technology. I was freaking out, uh, Mike. <laughs> I like to have the tickets in my hand. Yeah. I don't, I don't uh, love the, the uh, emailed tickets either, but it's convenient for what we do. It is. All right, so uh, the, the the question today, Mike, is the, the Phillies are five hundred. They're seven and seven. What's the biggest need for the Phillies moving forward right now? 609-403-0973, A four pack of Phillies tickets for tomorrow's game against the Giants and Gabe Kapler coming to town. 609-403-0973. The Phillies are five hundred. What's their biggest need moving forward? Six zero nine four zero three. 0973. Now, Mike, when we get back, I'm going to tell you about my experience at the ballpark yesterday. And uh, while it, it was it was really cool to get into a go to a live event, now, I went to this. I've been to a Sixers game. Excuse me. 
I've been to a Sixers game, uh, but going outdoors to a Phillies game, that was special. When we get back, we'll, I'll tell you all about my experiences. 609-403-0973 to win a Phillies four-pack of tickets courtesy of Pensauken Spine and Rehab. The first hour of the locker room is powered by Surety Title. Surety provides comprehensive Well, I say that's the one part about this is it stinks not having the people in the crowd and all that stuff. But when you go to a game, you're going to be spoiled by all the room that you have. You're not going to want to go back to these sardine feeling games. No. Uh, You know, the first thing I said, this is great. I mean, foul balls came in our area. You get get up and go. How many people were sitting in like your section? I would say there would have. Well, let's see. So every row. Every row had people, but they were staggered. You know what I mean? So if you, the, we sat in the middle of our row, and the people that were in front of us and behind us were at either end. So it's like, okay, so it's like one. End, so they start like the first row would have people on the left end, you're in the middle, the next row, they're on this end, then and they go back. Exactly. Okay. So, so, so they have was, anybody in the upper deck? Yes. Well, why would they do that? Why not? People want to go see the game. I know, but why? I, I would imagine you could fit those people in the lower bowl. Give them a chance to have a, a good lower bowl well, seat. Because you can't get too close to people. You have to social distance, right? I mean, you, if you if you brought all those people down from the upper deck, you you would have too many people down. Okay. I didn't know. Like, I'm thinking like so it, that whole that thing part is that of the, That aspect of the game was great. Oh, I know. We we were thinking about going to the Flyers game yesterday and then again tonight, the, the game at 630 tonight. And I said, it's going to be great. There'll be nobody sitting next to us. We'll have the whole damn row to ourselves. And being outside, it, it's a little it's a little more enjoyable, too. I was at the Sixers game. That was more confined. Uh, you were closer to people, believe it or not, in the, in the Wells Fargo Center. Mm-hmm. Still social distance. But I think the Phillies did a pretty good job. But you know what was great for me, Mike? Walking up to the game for the first time in over a year. Yeah, I can going imagine. Going to a, a sporting event, going to a Phillies game, the Citizens Bank Park. I got to tell you, I got to charge. Now, what are the concourses like? Because PT was saying that for the Flyers, they don't let you stand around on the concourse. No, and if you go buy drinkers, if you go buy an adult beverage, or you have to buy food with it. You can't. It's all It's all paperless. There's no money. It's all cards or mm-hmm. phone. Pay on the phone. Um, but it was, it was, I really liked that. But getting, walking into the, walking into the game, I got pumped up, man. And my daughter had a blast. That's good. My daughter had a blast. She was we, she was singing "Take Me Out to the Ball Game." And, she was rooting for Reese Hoskins. Well, this She's is her a, favorite player. This is like akin to I know this might. I'm not gonna. I'm not trying to be derogatory towards an event in Atlantic City, but right. I love going to Boardwalk Hall for any event because it's not usually that crowded. Right. You get right, the whole right, row to right, yourself. Right, right. You can walk around the concourse. I love nothing more than when I get to a game, any event, game, flyer, sixer, and I've done it a million times. I will walk the whole way around the concourse just to walk you around. Can. No, just to, <laughs> I mean, well, like, now, but I'm saying even like during a regular game, right, if I'm right. going as a fan, I'll get there really early, get my seat, and then I'll take the walk around because I want to check out what's new, what's here, what's in the store. Boom. I like to try to get something at every stadium I go to. I try to buy something that, hey, I was there. Like I went to a Brewers game. I have a Brewers t shirt. I even have a Mets t shirt. Right. It sits in a drawer, but, you know, like all the college shirts people see, they said, where, where, why'd you have, like, I have a Providence shirt on today, right? I have a t-shirt for every college campus that I've visited. That's cool. So I have I about have magnets, right? I have about 40 <laughs> t-shirts of colleges and people are like, you didn't go there. I'm like, yeah, but I visited the campus. All right. 609-403-0973 is the text board. I'm giving away a four pack of Phillies tickets today, courtesy of Pensauken Spine and Rehab. 
609-403-0973. The, the question is, what's the biggest need for the Phillies? 609-403-0973. Send us a text with your answer yeah. and be eligible to win the four-pack of Phillies tickets for the Giants and now, Phillies tomorrow. Now, we do have a caller on. Now, let me ask you that real quick. We have some people responding to this question. Would you like me to read some of the responses, or do you want me to hold them off? Hold them off. Because two I, of them are really good so far. Let's let's hold them off. Let me get, uh, let's get the caller on, because this guy wants to gloat a little bit. All right. Uh, it's uh, Jeff, Jeff is calling. He said he called you yesterday, or that he was listening to you yesterday, which is a mistake in itself. <laughs> I did too, Jeff. And I actually heard something Billy said, and I had to text him because it was appallingly wrong, which is normal. But uh, I guess which he is wanted your, to... Which is your opinion? Uh, not really. I think it would be most people's opinion, not just mine. <laughs> not Mike. All right. Oh, you don't think so? Nah, well, I can't wait to hear what it is. But let's go to the let's go to Jeff. Jeff, you there? Oh, I'm here, Billy. What's up, guys? All right, Jeff. I know you called how, the how Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I did. No, but, you know, but before, before I let you do that, um, it's it's still early in the season, and while the Mets have a, 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 a formidable lineup, um, I think it's going to be I think it's going to be nip and tuck all wet all, all season long. I I completely I completely agree. You know the uh, the Mets early in the season with the first uh, against the Phillies, we couldn't hit. You know, we couldn't hit our way out of a wet paper bag, and then. But I, if you're going to ask me about that, uh about what the Phillies need is what every team needs is pitching, release pitching. Maybe some of the, you know, the bullpen for the Mets is, uh, you know, hit or miss. Uh, and I don't understand why, you know, you, you know, you, these guys are so, you know, princesses. Uh, just get in there, do your job and, and pitch and throw, uh, you know, like a starter. Uh, I don't you know, the talent, is that what it probably is? Is it the talent that's not able to uh, uh, fulfill the positions that are needed? What do you think? Well, I, you know, here, and I was going to bring this up to Mike, and I'm, I'm glad you brought it up first. Uh, the Phillies spent money. The Phillies spent money on uh, two guys at the end of the at the end of the rotation. Yep. Matt Moore yep. and and Chase Anderson. Matt Moore looks like he so should be speaking. Of, instead of spending half the money, why did they put all that money the one big guy? One good pitcher. Well, they didn't have and money. And then this one, they'd have four good starters. They didn't have money to spend originally, if you remember that. They weren't going to spend any money. Then Dombrowski came in and essentially, you know, they didn't want to go over the luxury tax, so they went this route. Matt Moore looks like a guy who should, who's like a pastor who should be speaking on Sunday. He's such a, a very good-looking guy. He doesn't look like he should be out there pitching. Well, I got to tell you, his demeanor, he's very methodical. He walks real slow and real... Like he doesn't look like he has a lot of energy. No, he looks like what's the guy's like name? He's pacing himself. The guy who who um oh man um he is the he's on the television, but he's one of those like a televangelist. Oh, uh, Michael Ro Robbins. That's not the guy I'm thinking of, but uh, oh, he's a he's a motivational. Speaker. Yeah, there's these guys that are on at like one o'clock in the morning. But that I keep looking at Matt Moore and I say this guy looks like he's like a pastor or something, and he's just out there, sir. But, but look, he's not. He is what he is. He's what the caller Jeff is right. Most teams, they are looking for a veteran guy who can just give them innings, fill innings for them right. is what they're looking for. Well, my point is on the cheap is the key to that. Well, that's obviously you want to you want to get the best player at the cheapest price. Obviously, that's right, right, Jeff? I mean, I mean, pitching, 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 that's when that's what wins. You know, you're you're asking a guy to come in Jeff, uh, practically every every game to pitch. One, two, three innings, maybe maybe six outs. Uh, 
and, and you know, keep his pitch down, count low and just get it done. You know, with the expansion of football and basketball, you're going to. He struck out nine. I think he struck out nine Colorado guys in a row yesterday. And then, well, when they played in Philly, they took him out after 77. Yeah, that was the that was the first. That was the Mets opening day. They threw him 77 pitches. I was appalled. So. Yeah, uh, absolutely. What are you doing? Jeff, listen, we got about a minute. We got about a minute left in this segment. I know what you want to do. You want to sing the Mets song. No, no, we won. You need to sing the Mets song. <laughs> Guess what? <laughs> Never. Never. Oh, he's pulling out on the bet. No, no, I owe him lunch. Yeah. No, I owe you lunch, the Jeff. That I think. The bet the bet was that I buy I buy lunch if the Phillies win and you buy lunch if the Mets win. So I'll forego my lunch. And if you sing the Mets song, no, I'd rather pay you. I'd rather buy you lunch. <laughs> You'll never get me to sing the Mets song. Never happened. Okay. Okay. Right, Jeff. Hey, Jeff. You, thanks you for the guys call. Have a great show. I'll be listening. All right, man. Thanks for the call. 609-403-0973 is the text board. The question is, what's the biggest need for the Phillies moving forward? They're at five hundred and seven and seven. We'll uh, send us a text. Make sure you include your email address. So when you, whoever wins the tickets, we can email them to you, put it right on your phone, and get right into the game. Sit, the uh, seats are great. Section 116, row 20, seat 10, 11, 12, and 13. So you're right there, right behind a dugout. 609-403-0973. When we get back, Michael, read a few of them, and we'll get uh, we'll get we'll we'll take some of the we'll read some of the text messages. I want to remind people. That the first hour of the locker room is powered by Surety Title. Surety provides comprehensive title insurance protection and professional settlement services for home buyers and sellers, real estate agents, lenders, home builders, developers, and attorneys to facilitate your real estate purchases. Surety is an industry-wide leader with a team of experts to help you through the entire process from contract signing to closing for the shortest center city and every place in between. Surety Title is there for you. With 15 office locations in New Jersey, PA, that's Surety Title. For more information, call good friend Ron Conklin at 856 856- 988-8900. Friends, let me tell you about Maserati, the main line, located just minutes from downtown Philadelphia. They offer a client-focused car buying experience designed to exceed all expectations and invite you to stop and see the area's largest selection of new Maseratis, including the sporty Ghibli midsize sedan and the class-leading Levante, the only SUV worthy being called a Maserati. Maserati, the main line, also leads the nation's certified pre-owned sales and has the highest quality like new Maseratis available on the market. But your experience is not at the point of a sale as Maserati, the main line, offers free pickup and delivery for scheduled service appointments and provides a new Maserati loaner car. So be audacious. Call my good friend, Michael Pelleggi at Maserati, the I said I would have liked to gone after like Charlie Morton, who the Braves got one year 15. I think the Phillies thinking was, we don't want to spend a lot of money. Let's bring two of these guys in. If one of them works out, we'll replace the other guy with Spencer Howard. I don't think they wanted to start the year with Howard. So I figure Moore and Anderson are kind of in a competition until probably about the all-star break. And then they'll move Howard into one. of Whoever's not pitching as well. That guy will be moved out, and Howard will get moved in. Now, you know, uh, Vince Velasquez, the much maligned Vince Velasquez, he went two and a third, one third inning, you know, he didn't surrender any runs. You know, it's funny, you can see the 
the uh, the uh, pitcher's e or ERA up on the board, and with every out, it would drop precipitously. It, it came down yeah. a lot. I think he started at like 13 or 14, and it, at the end of his uh, – when he was re relieved, I think he was down to 10-something. <laughs> Look, I, Velasquez, to me, the Phillies have done him a disservice by telling him, hey, you're in the battle for the rotation. They should have just said, look, relief. you're a relief pitcher. Right. Focus on that and be great at that. Give us your best inning. If he throws one inning, he's been very good. The problem is is when he's got to go multiple innings when he's a starter. Now, yesterday, different. Well, Mike, the Phillies have a tendency to messing up people's careers. No question. I, I mean, think, they, you know, they look what they did to Kingery. Well, they're so enamored with Velasquez arm this guy's got a electric fastball we want that to pitch every five days guess what not everybody's cut out to pitch every he, five his days problem, he's just inconsistent he has the ability yeah. he has the stuff he just whether it's in his head or what what he just can't he has no command right at all he's he's a thrower he's not a pitcher but every once in a while he'll dazzle you and it's like that's what the guy right there but he's not that guy so uh, I feel bad for him in some respects because I feel like they have he took some heat from the fans too. Yeah, <laughs> well, and he didn't give up any runs, but he's still he's just a target now. He's got a target on his back. He's become the guy. 609-403-0973 is the uh, text board. The question is, what do the Phillies need moving forward to improve? Will they make the playoffs? 609-403-0973 to win a Phillies four pack of tickets for tomorrow's. Uh, Phillies Giants game. You got to include your email address because the we pick out the winner. We'll we'll send you the email and you uh, you get your tickets via email. All right, Mike. We got some. Uh, we have some text messages you want to read. We do. Uh, this one says the number four spot pushing in runs. Too many runners left on base. Seems to be a problem. It seems that that's a problem with the Phillies all the time, year after year. Well, I'll tell you this: the lineup's out today, and part of the problem I have with this lineup is what that guy's saying. McCutcheon, Hoskins, Harper, Realmuto, Bohm, Gregorius, Segura, Moniak. Okay, that's their lineup. That's basically what it's been. I don't like Hoskins hitting two. I want Hoskins hitting in that spot where that guy's saying is a problem. If Hoskins is my best hitter, I want him driving runs in. Um, obviously the center field position is is, is a is a problem. You know, Roman Quinn tried to lay down two bunts yesterday. It's all even, he. It's all he's even got do now. it. It's all he's got now. Couldn't even do it, Mike. That's all he's got. His up. confidence is completely shot as a hitter. He strikes out almost every time he's up. Um, but he does have a usefulness on the team with his speed. All right. Uh, another one. The leadoff hitter with a high average and on base percentage is their biggest problem. And you know what? I tend to agree. I don't like McCutcheon in the leadoff spot, but Bill, they don't have another option. He's 35 years old, Mike. He's up there, man. Yeah. I didn't like I the I don't signing. know how much he has left in the tank. Not much. I didn't like the signing. Great guy. Great clubhouse guy. Probably great leader. MVP of the league at one point. Not that player. The problem is the Phillies, Bill, don't have another leadoff option at all. Who, who else on this team is going to lead Well, it would be great if Roman Quinn could at least get his bat on the ball, put the ball in play. Yeah. You, you, even if he bunt, bunted every single time, if he could get on base, he's got the speed. He could go to first to third and Create some havoc on the baseline. Well, McCutcheon, by the way, that. he's hitting 182. He started the game at 167. Right, and his on-base percentage is for 182 average is actually not terrible. It's a bad on-base percentage. But for 182, he's on base 32 per 321. Right. So if he can kind of you know, push that up a little bit, the problem is they have no other option. Matt Joyce came up last night with the bases loaded. 
He was up. He had a 3 0 count. And I'm striking out. You can't do that, man. These guys are professional. You can't get the bat on the ball. It was one out. That's the game today, though, Bill. I know you don't want to hear I don't that. Want to but hear it, Mike. It's strikeout or home run. He struck out. No home run. 609 403 0973 is the text board. Giving away a four pack of Phillies tickets for tomorrow's game against the Giants. Make sure you put your name and include your email address so we pick the winner out. We can email you the tickets. You got another one, Mike. I'll give you one more here, and then let's save some more for some for the okay. next hour here, all right? all right? This one is from uh, Dan. He says, the biggest need for the Phillies is for me to win the tickets. No, but seriously, he <laughs> says, is trusting the process. Girardi and the Phillies are built for 162. Tweaks in the lineup and possibly Herrera coming up when he's ready. Uh, you know. Now, Herrera I hit leadoff I... in the past. Right. When he was an all-star, he batted. He didn't really have a. He did not have a good spring. He did no, not have a good spring. He at did all. not have a good. And spring. with all his baggage, yeah, you're not going to see him up here. I he did know. not have a good spring, but what he did do was hit a lot of home runs, and that's He's, what people right. looked at and home said, runners, "Well, this guy's hitting home, home runs." Out. Right. But when he was an all star for the Phillies a couple of years ago, he was hitting in the leadoff spot and the number three spot. Those were the two spots that he has occupied the most. Bill six zero nine four zero three zero nine seven three is the text board. The question is. What do the Phillies need to improve moving forward? 609-403-0973 for the four-pack of Phillies tickets for tomorrow's game. Gabe Kapler back. And by the way, uh, I think I don't know who wrote the article this week uh, comparing Nick Sirianni to uh, Gabe Kapler with his enthusiasm. I think it was a Marcus Hayes piece. Was that a Marcus Hayes piece? Could have been. Marcus is always one of those guys that digs a little deeper. I love Marcus's stuff. Um, Look, I don't have a problem with Sirianni. And giving him a shot here, uh, I didn't think Kapler was the problem for the Phillies. I think the problem for the Phillies when Gabe Kapler was here was they didn't have a lot of talent. They didn't have a, yeah. I don't think I he was a pitch. great manager. I think he made a lot of mistakes, but people acted like he was so bad. Well, now you're seeing well, Joe Girardi but, who but won but a World because, Series. because they had a bad team, and then his yeah. decisions compounded the problem. Correct. And, and the fact is that when you're losing – People are going to get mad. they got to find somebody to blame it. Absolutely. But I think much like Roseman, people didn't like Kapler's appearance. He was almost too good-looking of a guy. Oh, I don't like that. Metrosexual. Too... Right. He, he's one of those kind of guys. I don't like him. It's like. Shaves his legs and underarms. For and God's sakes. Arms. Uh, now, Joe Girardi's here. I don't know that he's doing a great job managing the team. Well, he has made a couple uh, mistakes. Yeah. But it's early. I'm not going to. It's oh, early. I get it. But look, you look at last year's team. They didn't make the playoffs, and the year before, they didn't make the playoffs, and people were banging on Kapler as the reason. But no one was saying that Girardi was the reason that they didn't make the playoffs last year. Oh, the bullpen was horrible. Kapler's bullpens were terrible. Horrible. I think he did a better job managing the bullpens than, than Girardi yeah, did last bullp- year. Their bullpen is they're, they're performing pretty well this year. Oh, and it's funny. If you notice the results and the answers that we're getting from the listeners today, no one's met- mentioned, mentioned pitching yet. That's right. And I think, look. The starting pitcher was horrible yesterday. By the way, he was his first two innings. He the first two innings he pitched, he was he pitched well, and then the wheels fell off. He was he was throwing his average fastball was any because I look at the gun yeah. on the board. That he was throwing anywhere, but he was any throwing anywhere between ninety one and ninety three. He was throwing a cutter. Mm-hmm. He was throwing a cur- a slow curve at like 80, 85 mile an hour curveball, and guys were out in front of it. He threw a change up, and then all of a sudden the wheels just fell off. That's who he is, Bill. I mean, this is a Goldschmidt vet- tagged him. Yeah, well, Goldschmidt tags a lot of guys. Um, well, some uh, Arenado got him twice. Yeah, but look, 
This is who he is. If you have high expectations for Matt Moore, you're going to be disappointed. These guys, every team has one or two of them that are there every fifth day to just eat up innings. And right. if you get beat around a little bit, that's okay. We're going to keep you out there because we don't want to eat gobble up the bullpen. Right, right. So we know we can have a veteran guy. We don't care if he really throws his arm out. We don't care if he gets hurt because we have no ties to this guy. But you can't be giving up nine runs a game. No, I'm. you're right. That's because The point that's, is, you can have one of those meltdown games every once in a three, right. four starts. You can't do it every time out. But if you know what these teams want now, Bill, is they want the starter to go five innings, three is that runs. Ask, is that asking too much? No, it's five actually innings? pathetic. Come on, Mike. It's actually five innings? It's pathetic. <laughs> it's horrible. All right, 609-403-0973 is the text board. What do the Phillies need moving forward? What's their biggest need? 609-403-0973. Shoot us a text. Yeah. Include your email address for a four to win a four-pack of Phillies tickets for tomorrow, tomorrow's game against the San Francisco Giants. Want to remind people the first hour of the locker was powered by Surety Title. Surety provides comprehensive title insurance protection, professional settlement services. Surety is an industry-wide leader with a team of experts to help you through the entire process from contract signing to closing for the shortest center city and every place in between. Surety Title is there for you. 15 office locations in New Jersey, PA. For more information, call our good friend Ron Conklin at 856-988-8900. By the way, Mike, I wanted to get a little Eagles, a little Flyers and Sixers in, but baseball, do you see how baseball can just dominate the conversation? It's easy. It's, well, that's man. what's great about baseball. I always explain baseball as your friend. He's your best friend. He never goes away. He never goes away. He's always there for like, you. Like, we could talk hours on end about the Phillies. Probably. I could do it about the Eagles and the Sixers, too. Maybe yeah, not the I, Flyers. No, you, you go off on the Sixers. Yeah, I'm saying it. I could do all three. You want yeah. me to go Sixers for? Well, we're gonna four? go. We're gonna do NFL draft and Eagles football at the top of the hour with Ron Jaworski, former Eagles quarterback. And I'm aware of who he is. All around great guy, Mike. <laughs> all around great guy. <laughs> all right, uh, just about everybody here has heard about the Jersey Man and Philly Man magazine run by ex-Philadelphia tight end Ken Dunnick. But were you aware of the private business network they call the Legacy Club? Every month they hold private events at upscale locations in Philadelphia, South Jersey that I tracked over 200 top business people. If you have an interest in attending one of these events that seems to fit for your business, send an email to Ken at jerseymanmagazine.com or give him a call at 856-912-4007 for more information. All right, when we return, we'll wrap up the first hour. You're listening to The Locker Room with Billy Schwein on 97.3 ESPN and the mobile app. Coming up on the next edition of The Sports Bash with Mike Gill. Hey, coming up on Monday, we are that much closer to the NFL draft. Football at four with Jeff Mosher. Where, look at the clock. Yeah, they don't really. Um, this team scores a goal, Mike, and then they give up. They stop. They figure out oh, we scored a goal. We did our job. Yeah. And then that's, that's, that's the feeling I get. All right, You're not did, wrong there. What did I say yesterday that you have a, you have a, a problem with? <laughs> you well, said that Claude Giroux that's a, that's has skinny twice. legs, and that's why sticks. that's why he's not good enough. That's not what see. That's not what I said. Yeah, well, you said that's not what I not, said. No, Mike. what you said was these other guys. You mentioned prop. You mentioned prop. Um, I talk said, it. My premise is I've and that Johnson, those guys I've had said, bigger legs, and that therefore they the had made them better players. Not, that was see, your insinuation. That's not what I was insinuating at all. I was just making a statement. I was just making an observation. Right, but your observation because, is off the mark, is what no, I'm it's saying. Not because Mike, I, Claude Drew is better than every player you mentioned. Big guys beat up on little guys. Well, Claude Drew is better than every guy you mentioned. 
with the smallest legs it's of not that Brian group. Prop. It's not better than Brian They're Prop. They're 1.7. You got Proper's jersey right over there. I know there. that's that's which makes me which makes me unbiased is I have Prop yeah, jersey there. Mike. Look, Brian Prop doesn't get the credit he deserves. I think Prop, by Brian the way, Prop, Prop is, is 10 times the player Claude, Claude Giroux was. They are separated by one point. Prop has 849. Yeah, he's pass, that's a and Giroux has 848. The, the other guy, guys you mentioned. Brian Prop got to the Stanley Cup, what, five times in his career. I love Proper. And I, I might I might say that Prop might be a. We try to get, we're going to do it again this year. Yeah. We're going to do the push for Prop into the Ho Hockey Hall of Fame because if you look at his numbers, top to bottom, yep. belongs in. Think Giroux's getting in? No. You think? A thousand percent. Over, over. See, that's that's what's that's wrong, because Brian Prop. By the way, was a I winner. I like was a winner. I, I would take Prop on my team more than Giroux. I like you know what. But that the fact that you made was that his legs were skinny. I was just, is what I was Mike, commenting. But on. I know. But I was just making an observation. I said I've been around a lot of players. He just he doesn't. He's not. He's tiny. What does that have to do with I, I anything? Don't know. Just my philosophy is big guys beat yeah, up. Yeah, well that guys. that but that philosophy is from nineteen seventy eight. That Look, philosophy you guys, is you not guys, you guys does not hold true any longer. Changed. I would like to. You want Johnny Goudreau on your team? And I said yesterday, I, I don't think he's in it. Uh, 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 he's not going to. Johnny Goudreau is not the answer to the Flyers' problems. He'd be a good addition, but would he be an impact player? I mean, he, he's he's not having a great year this year. And Calgary's about the same in the Flyers right, right. now. No, I'm saying, but is he a good player? He's a great player. He's, okay. a good, yeah, he's five he's foot a, nine, one hundred and fifty pounds. By he, the way. Yeah, well, I, I've that's pretty next, small. I, it is. It <laughs> Five is. nine one fifty. I've stood, stood next to him in the locker room. Yeah, without his, you know, it, without his gear on. Yeah, he's small. I like big guys beat up with a little guy. If you can get a guy, it's a, a great philosophy. That is six one. Yeah, one ninety five, two ten. That can skate, hit, well, and, play, and play, play nasty with a chip on his shoulder. Yeah, that's what wins. And don't tell me because the game has changed and don't play away. I'd rather have that guy. He's not available. He doesn't exist. He, he's got to be out there. Well, he's, nobody has him. Who in this well, league is, is fitting the bill that you're talking about? If there's a team out there that has a, a group of those guys. Well, they got away from it. Maybe they got to get back to that. Got to well, find that guy. Find those guys that have that the heart the size of a lion in their beat. Well, that's an innate thing. I mean, that having a that narrow of a philosophy of that's the only way to win, it's... Mike, the game is a game of aggression. The game of, of intimidation. It was a game of aggression and intimidation. Is, it might is. be in your mind, but the person who runs the NHL is saying, I no it's longer Batman. want that philosophy. So guess what? You need to get it out of your head because look at nobody is following it. I will never acquiesce, Mike. You don't have to, but you can at least acknowledge that you like that game, but those players no longer exist. There's your issue. I'm an old school guy, Mike. And by the way, you sent me that picture of my, my uh, New Balance. My white new pants. Yeah. No, it was a Nike. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. First hour is in the books. Hour two coming up. On the other side, we'll talk NFL draft. The Eagle. Jaworski. What's up, Jaws? Billy, great to be with you in the locker room. And uh, what took you so long to reach out? <laughs> <laughs> I was I was intimidated by, by uh, the, the, the brand Jaworski. <laughs> hey, come on. You know me better than that, man. We spent too much time together, you know. I'm like everybody else. I just played football for a long time. And you know what, Ron? That's I, I've said this several times. Uh, I've met a lot of professional athletes over the years, uh, a lot of the Flyers, a lot of friends of ours, and, uh, you know, all, all, all athletes. Out of all the people, you are probably one of the 
most personal, easygoing, uh, approachable people in all of Philly, Philly sports. And uh, it just, it's, that's just like, that's a, a feather in your cap. Well, Billy, my parents taught me who are hardworking people, grew up in Lackawanna, New York, uh, in a steel town. My parents were hardworking and they taught me about respect and dignity. If you want respect and dignity back, you better give it. So uh, good life lessons from my mom and dad. Absolutely. Now, now, Ron, you and I spent some time at the Brian Prop uh, Gaffaz cigar dinner, had to have a, had a couple of cigars, and um, uh, we talked a little bit. And I said, you know, Ron, I'd like to get you on uh, to talk a little draft with you because, uh, you know, right now our general manager is uh, taking a lot of heat. Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles have declined – so rapidly from their Super Bowl of 2017. Uh, and so I wanted to talk to you about where do you think the Eagles should go? What direction, uh, offensive side of the ball, defensive side of the ball, and get Ron Jaworski's opinion on that. Yeah, I, one thing, uh, Billy, about the draft, and, and, and I've heard so many analogies as of you and everyone else, you know, you know what, is, what is a draft like? And, and I say to people, a good analogy, it's a box of chocolates. You know, you look at them, man, that box is right there. And you know what? They're all really good. Man, if you like chocolate, that box of chocolate <laughs> looks really good. Then you get a chance to bite into that chocolate, and it may not be to your liking. So, you know, that's kind of what happens in the draft. They all look good. So you get them in your building, in your system, and you go, mm, that's not quite as tasty as I thought once you get to know them. So that's why it's a crapshoot that it is. But when I look at this Eagle team, and I, I think the first thing when I, when I do my postseason analysis, hey, we all, you know, lived through this terrible season in 2020, the pandemic and the football season and everything else. Um, I still see a team that has a fairly solid foundation. And, and I'll say that for this reason. You know, we all know the injuries, you know, 39 players on defense, 39 starting different players, 36 different starting players on offense. The both on those, both sides, the most in the NFL. So injuries – decimated this team but i'll say this for howie you know hey, he's always you know if you're a gm uh, you're always going to be under the gun when you don't win it's that simple you you accept that and you put the bulletproof vest on and you go to work every day but one area I've, I've i've always agreed with howie on now we could disagree on some other areas but he knows where games for the most part are won or lost and that's in the trenches he's always been very very respectful of those guys on the offensive line and defensive line and he looks to them first. And his defensive line is still one of the best in the NFL. The offensive line went healthy. Lane Johnson, Brandon Brooks come back, one of the best in the NFL. Uh, I don't think left tackle is a bigger problem than most people do. I look at the tape, and I thought, you know, the guys played well at the left tackle position. So I think it starts with that offensive line. And if you got those guys in the trenches, you give yourself a chance. Now you have to augment all those guys, and that's where the Eagles have had some shortcomings. We're talking with Ron Jaworski, former Eagles quarterback, uh, all-around great guy. Ron, uh, the games are won in the trenches, and uh, but you you gotta you gotta stop the other team from scoring. And last year that the Eagles had a problem with that. And I am a proponent of building the defense up this year because we have eleven picks in this year's draft. Uh, there's rumors, speculation that we could move up to nine. I'd like to see us do that to get ahead of the Cowboys or the Giants. Because let's face it, they're in our division. Uh, but I think you get some quality offensive people maybe in, in the second and third rounds. What say you? I, I, I would lean heavily 
on defense. Now, first of all, you know, we already addressed the defensive line. It's damn good. It's the strength of that defense. Uh, you know, the linebackers in, in this Howie era, uh, linebackers have never been a priority, which I disagree with, by the way. I think as the game has changed, all these three, four, and five wide receiver looks, you need linebackers that can run, not necessarily be thumpers. And the Eagles have never, else since Jerry Robinson in 1979, was, I was playing, the Eagles draft a linebacker. And, oh, by the way, that turned out pretty good for the Eagles. Jerry was an all-pro linebacker. And by the way, we, hey, Ron, we, Ron, we had Jerry Robinson on the show when we did the Eagles pregame wow. show. Great guy. Oh, he's, a, he's an awesome, awesome guy. So I think, you know, I'm not saying you go in, in that first round, early rounds, you go for a linebacker. I'm not, I don't think that would be wise, but I think you can find guys in the mid-rounds that could jump in and play. But as I just said about as the game has evolved with this, you know, wide-open NFL style of offense, you better have, and I'm going to say this again, Billy, you better have four starting cornerbacks. Not one, not two, not three as a nickelback. I'm telling you, four guys that can line up at the corner position or line up in the slot because this game is opening up, it's evolving, it's the NFL of the future, and you better have guys that can cover. It's been a mess in this secondary for a long, long time. Far too long that we have Troy Vincent, Bobby Taylor, and those yeah. Brian Dawkins in that secondary. Howie's got to get back taking a good, hard look, drafting some guys, or making a trade to get some corners that can cover. Darius Slay is solid. Other than that, you got a bunch of guys. You got a bunch of guys, and you're not going to win in the NFL with a bunch of guys. Right. Right. Hey, hey, Ron, uh, during the course of the season, we did the Eagles pregame show here on 97.3 ESPN. And uh, Ken Dunnick, your good friend, uh, Ken uh, and I worked together, did a couple shows, and and we did a uh, Where Are They Now segment. We got to speak to a lot of your former teammates, teammates John Bunning, uh, uh, Harold Carmichael, you know, uh, Scott Fitzke. We, we talked to a lot of Jerry Robinson just to name a few, and uh, we just came across, came across today that the Eagles uh, opted out of the uh, OTAs. And uh, each each one of your former players to a man have all commented on how the game's changed, not for the better. Like, you, you know, the, now they, they're doing away with preseason, and the guys aren't – like, it's tough. You know what I mean? To go through the go through the workouts, the hard workouts that you guys did on the Dick Vermeil. Billy, I think it stinks, quite honest. I can't say it any, any more clearly than that. Uh, who has gotten better by practicing less? Tell me one guy. <laughs> Tell me one guy that has gotten better by practicing less. What, 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 the, what is happening right now, the veteran players have taken over the locker room, and they want to do everything they can to prolong their own career. I don't blame them for that. But they're doing it the sake of young guys that need the repetitions, need the off-season work. You know, and you mentioned my friend Harold Carmichael, and I will be in Canton, Ohio, in, on August 6th for Harold's induction in the, the Hall of Fame. What a tremendous honor. Great I'm honor. so proud of Harold. I give you tears in my eyes thinking about it. <laughs> you know what we got better as players in the offseason? Monday, Wednesday, and Friday with Dick Vermeil down at Veterans Stadium throwing 30,000 balls, Harold catching thousands of balls, Mike Quick catching thousands of balls. That's where we got better. That's where we, you know, I was able to find out their hints, their indicators, how they run their route. That's when you get better. You practice together. You work together. So, so now the player association says, "Oh, we're not going to allow that to happen." That's a bunch of that's a bunch of garbage, in my opinion. They're, you know, I mean, I'm reading this stuff now and hearing stuff. Oh, the game was better last year. Garbage. It wasn't yeah. better last year. It was not better. The the, the intricacies of the game, uh, which I feel I know pretty well. I'm proud of that. I study the tape every week. The game was not better. So I think the product is diminishing because these players 
don't practice anymore. Yeah, the toughest, you know, the toughest nails, Mike Singletary, you know, uh, just you just don't get that feeling of the game. And and I got to tell you, you know, when I, I played high school and college football, and I remember being in practice, running the power sweep like a hundred times, like in repetition, <laughs> so that when you get into the game, it's second nature to you. Well, no, but hey, you know, perfect practice makes perfect, and that's what you have to do. If you like, hey, last year, you know, we 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 know what what a horrible year it was with the pandemic, and, and and I can understand all the things that happened last year, the limitations that were placed on every team, every sport, every every part of our our culture was affected by the pandemic. Right. I'm kind of assuming, based on you know what what is going on, that most people are now getting you know the the herd immunity and take, getting vaccinated that everything will probably be open by the time training camps open late July, early August. But the fact that these players still refuse to want to go to practice and work as a team is mind-boggling to me. We're talking with Ron Jaworski, a former NFL quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles. And, uh, Ron, I'm looking at the draft, and I, 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 I'm i looking at uh, the, the cornerback position. Like you said, we need four. I like Patrick Sertan. He's, he's a he, – he, He's, you know, he started as a true freshman. He seems like he's a tough guy. Uh, I also like J.C. Horn, uh, son of Joe Horn. He went to South Carolina, and uh, I, there's a there's a few guys that look pretty pretty appealing to me. Uh, but I also like a, a linebacker from Tulsa who's six foot five, two sixty. He runs like a four four forty. Zaven Collins. Uh, you know what? Yep. You could probably get them at good value down in, in the middle, you know, second third round. Well, uh, yeah, you maybe guys look at uh, Patrick Sertain will be gone, uh, no doubt. Uh, Horn will likely be gone. Eagles at twelve. That's why. It, and it was intriguing hearing this morning about the Eagles potentially moving to nine because Dallas goes at ten, and Dallas's secondary is as bad as ours. So you know they're <laughs> going to look at they're going to be looking for the same position. So I think you know it is wise of Howie. And by the way, you know Howie takes a lot of grief. You know, and hey, his, his choices last year have not been good. But it's not because he doesn't put the time in and have the staff to do the work. They've just missed. You know, the chocolates they've been into have been kind of sour <laughs> on the inside. Now they got to get some of those sweet chocolates, you know, and start hitting them. But I like Sertan. I, I think, you know, you come out of that Alabama program, you know you're getting coached like a pro. They run a pro-style system. You know, Saban is one of the best coaches in the history of collegiate football. So you know that young man is getting coached. His pedigree with his dad is an all-pro corner. It, you know, hey, so you know this guy knows what the locker room is like. And, you know, you look at J.C. Horn, another one. His dad was a former wide receiver and a really good one. You know, so this kid is another one. He's physical. He's strong. What I like about Horn, he's really lanky. Long arms, you know, and, and a lot of jump ball ability. He can knock balls down or intercept balls because of that talent. And he played the run very well as well because you, know, you got to make tackles. I don't want one of those guys that run, runs out of the way. You want a guy that will stick his nose in there. So those two guys are the two guys that I would say is one and two, Sertain and Horn. So hopefully if the Eagles can move up to nine, get one of those guys, take because you know the Cowboys, they're they have a need for cornerback and defensive back. So we can beat them in the in the offseason, we can beat them in the regular season. <laughs> well, hey, I hope so. And and nine is gonna be that sweet spot because as everyone knows, this is a quarterback uh heavy laden group of people. So the quarterbacks are gonna go early. And it's it's gonna be fun watching the first five picks in this draft to see how they come off the board and who's left and what 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 Bill Belichick is going to do in this draft, because the sources that, that I am talking to, this is the draft that Bill's going to go for a quarterback. So, you know, who does he like? You hear a lot of different rumors. 
it is that time of year. I don't believe any of them. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know. at least listen to them. People are trying to throw throw other people off the scent. Uh, we got Treble, Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson from BYU, Justin Fields, Trey Lance from North Dakota State. Mac Jones is a pretty appealing. I like. I watched a lot of saw a lot of Alabama this year. I like that kid, uh, Kyle Trash. I saw him play in Florida. I was pretty impressed. And uh, Davis Mills from Stanford. Out of those guys that I just named, Jaws, with the exception of Trevor Lawrence, because I think it's safe to say that he's going to go first. Who do you like? Who, who, who do you really? Who are you really impressed with? Yeah, first, first of all, I agree. I think Trevor Lawrence is, is you know, there's never a lead pipe block uh, starter in this league. I think he's the guy that has the biggest upside of, of all these players. Uh, you know, um, Mac Jones, it, it's interesting because Mac Jones' stock has seemed to have risen over the last month or so, and I really like Mac Jones, but, but you know, everyone's got a, their own particular philosophy on what they like about quarterbacks. And I think in today's NFL, which is now pass-happy, I think your quarterback has to have a gun. In other words, a strong arm. Howitzer. A guy that can throw the ball in the, in the tight windows. Like you know? Ron Jaworski did. <laughs> like a Ron Jaworski. You know, the Polish rifle. You, know? <laughs> <laughs> you have to have the arm. Because today's NFL, as I said a moment ago, Billy, you know, teams are playing now with four, five, six defensive backs on the field in nickel and passing situations. Those windows are tight. Yeah. And you got to be able to stick some throws in there on third and ten. They're not they're gonna give you the check down. Who's gonna make that throw in the double coverage where there's a tight window? You gotta have an arm. And I'm a little bit concerned about Mac Jones's arm. Now, unfortunately, I don't get to go to the pro day workouts like I used to. Uh, so I gotta watch them on TV or I watch them on tape. And I just haven't been blown away by the number of difficult stick throws that Mac Jones has had to make. He's got all the all the other attributes you look for in a quarterback. But I, I'm still a little bit concerned about the arm strength. Now, you can get you can develop a strong arm, and I'll give you an example of that. Peyton Manning, who's a dear friend of mine. Peyton Manning, you know, coming, coming out of Tennessee, had a good arm, not a great arm. His rookie season, his arm was pretty good. He had an off-season NFL workout with the great trainers that are now around the NFL and the athletic trainers and all the nutritionists. And his arm got stronger from year one to year two, where it became almost a gun. Never got to the gun levels, I would consider it. Right. But, you know, you can get a stronger arm as time goes on when you get into an NFL uh, training facility and great training coaches that they have. I, uh, I, I, I'm I, really interested. I'll be watching. We'll be tuned in. It's always exciting uh, draft night, especially that Thursday night, the first night of the draft. A lot of excitement. Ron, I really appreciate you taking time out on a Sunday to spend it with me here in the locker room. And uh, once again, I appreciate uh, the memories of uh, of that Dallas Cowboys game back in uh, 80 with Wilbert going off right tackle. I'll never forget. I write slot split 47 slants <laughs> on two, Billy. That was the huddle Give call. it to me one more time, Ron. <laughs> I write slot split 47 slant on two. Oh, I got chills. I got chills, Rod. Thank you so much, and uh, and uh, we'll do it again. Hey, let's, do it. let's do it again, my brother. Thank All right, you. there he is, Ron Jaworski. Oh, my God, he just he just gave us the play, Mike. I'm like, I got chills. Can you recite it? Yeah, he just recited it. He did it twice. Can you recite oh, it, no, I, I said. I was just, I was just listening. I, no, I can't. That was cool. It was cool. I like uh, I like um, I like a lot of the stuff. I actually jotted down a lot of notes here from that conversation. You took notes? I always do, Bill. That's awesome.
You don't take notes during not your because guests? I'm into the, no, I don't because I'm into the like the feel. You know what I mean? No, maybe I, I should. Don't. Maybe I you don't yeah. you don't. No, obviously not because well, I'm because taking I li- notes. I'm listening to what he says and I'm I'm, I'm thinking about what I'm going to say. I can multitask pretty good. Yeah, I'm not a multitasker. Yeah, I, I know that. <laughs> yeah, I'm what, taking what, notes what of what he said I, because I thought he said some very poignant things, and that when the guest says something that I want, you know, that I want to remember and bring back up, I like to write them down. So, that so we my can interview them. skills are pretty good. If I got him to say, I wouldn't that say you- that. <laughs> of course you would. But if he said some pointy things, I guess I got some things out of him that you thought noteworthy. Yeah. Well, one of the things, um, you know, let me see here. I, I, the problem I ended up having is I can't read my handwriting. <laughs> um, no, but he said something that I've been saying for a while. I don't think left tackle is as big as a problem as most people do, nor this offensive line. I thought he was really clear about if this offensive line is healthy, it's one of the best offensive lines in football. I think one of the biggest problems that Carson Wentz and the skill position players had last year was that the offensive line was such a mess that it ruined the entire offense that they had to simplify the offense so much because they had 13 different line combinations. You can't put in what you want to put in on the offensive line. And also because of the pandemic, too, because they didn't have they, – Well, they it's didn't have about practicing is right. 1,000% correct. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't – like that they don't want to practice. I understand that most coaches and players are now saying, well, last we don't year, need it. was it last year or two years ago, you and I got into a yeah. little bit over the preseason. the preseason. Yep. And everybody that I've talked to, and you're going to say, here's what you're going to say. Bill, they're all old school guys. They're all get off my lawn guys from an era that's gone by. Yeah. But football's football, Mike. I'm not Roger disagreeing. Roger Worski just said that you have to go over your plays a hundred times. I agree with what he said. I wouldn't advocate. So he subscribed. To my philosophy. Yeah, but your philosophy is my point wasn't it's better for the players. My point is that the players and coaches today don't want to practice. It's not that they don't need it, they don't want it. He is a thousand percent right. You need to practice more. They need to practice more. The players now and the coaches don't value those games as much and the injuries, the head injuries. They value look what's going on in the NBA. Same problem. Oh, they don't want these guys getting hurt in meaningless games. They say, we'll take our chances and roll with the healthiest guys in the most important games. We don't want them getting hurt in games that don't mean Let's anything. Let's get back to the other side on that one because sure. I, I am just like fed up with all these stars sitting out. We'll get into that on the other side. What want to remind people, the second hour of the locker room is brought to you by the Great Bay practice more you get better you do more of whatever play that you ran a thousand times power sweep you're going to get better the problem was the lawsuit that the former players of the nfl put up against their former employer forced the league to scale all of that back there was a thing called the concussions that people were getting because they're practicing twice a day and hitting a thousand plays and they're saying those thousand plays that we took head-on-head collisions we can't keep well, not, doing well, that. In the, well, not all practices you're banging heads. You, it's a repetitive nature of just. But but the time they put in mm-hmm. isn't there. And 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 the the hitting the contact doesn't have to be two times a day. It could be at least once. They don't even do it once. And a lot of and, it is because of the, the head NBA, injuries. And we gotta 
we took a little long in the last segment. We're still giving away the uh, the Phillies uh, four pack six zero nine four zero three zero nine seven three for a four pack of Phillies tickets for tomorrow's game against the uh, the San Francisco Giants and Gabe Kapler coming to town. Uh, the question is, what's the Phillies' biggest need? On the other side, we'll get into more of that. But six zero nine four zero three zero nine seven three is the text board. Answer the question. Make sure you put your email address so that when we pick out the winner. We can email you the tickets. 609-403-0973 is the text board. Mike, the NBA, mm-hmm. I mean. It no, they is, got a problem. They got a problem because, like I just said to you during the break, you know, leading up to the the, the Sixers-Nets game, people are talking about it, getting excited about it, and the game comes, and then the, the star players aren't in the game. Yeah, well, It's like anticlimactic. One of the issues with the NBA right now is you've got this, for the second year in a row, a condensed schedule that they're jamming all of these games into a small window because they're trying to get back on track for next season. So they had these players playing yeah, in but this October. Yeah, but this has been a trend for the last four or five been. years. I think not this just, year, but this year's worse than it ever. is. It's and and they, what, they're playing 10 less games, right? They're condensed. I, I get it. They get a pass it, but it, it's not something that's exclusive to this year. It's been going on. But no, well, like for instance, the, the Sixers last week played one, two, three, four games. This week they've played three, and now this week coming up they're playing four, and then the following week they're playing four again. They're they're jamming four, four, three, four games into uh, you know these weeks trying to get them in, and you know it's a lot bigger workload than these guys have been used to doing. Not to mention, remember they didn't have much of an off season because they finished the season in October right. and they came right back and played I hear you, in but December. Like, well, once again, I said it, it, it has been a trend. Over the last four or five years, and I'll give them a pass this year. Look at look at baseball players, 162 games a year. Now baseball isn't as physical, but it's still demanding on the body. Going, uh, Bryce Harper. I go to the game yesterday. Bryce Harper's not in the lineup. He had a back problem. He had back problems, mm-hmm. and I, I I get injuries, but still. Yeah, I mean, back in the day, I bet you that I'm, and I, I I don't want to make a blanket statement, but I would imagine back in the day, maybe Bryce Harper would have played through that. Yeah, it was well, a little st- they took precaution. Well, back then they were using some greenies and right, some stuff right. to kind of, you know, everything has changed. Where, by the way, baseball and change is always necessarily good, Mike. No, it's just your, it's just your like the way you like things. Um, but keep in mind, like baseball nowadays too has changed a lot. The pitchers back then, nine inning complete game, used to see it very regular. When do you see that anymore? Not now right. they're asking, don't give me seven, give me five. I mean, you take out J. Uh, the De- Grom after seventy-seven pitches, like two Cy Youngs. I said I, I opened up my show that day with that. I said, the, "Can imagine being a thirty-two-year-old grown man who's a two-time back-to-back Cy Young Award winner, and your manager telling you seventy-seven? You did enough." You know what? If that was me, if I don't, I don't know what was said, but if that was me, I would have told the manager get back in the dugout. I, I I think baseball has a problem that the the starting pitcher, and you know what this. I think a lot of it is the starting pitcher has been devalued because they were making so much money that the owners don't want to pay all that money for a guy that pitches every fifth day. So they're trying to devalue them to say, we don't need to pay you that much. You're only pitching five innings. Right. All right. The second hour of the locker room is brought to you by the Great Bay Country Club, where it's not just golf, it's fun. Too much. But he does get a lot of walks. So, get on base. And I, would you be opposed That's to That's why they like him there. Would you be opposed to having him lead off, you said? 
I mean, they don't have a great option. They don't have a, I yeah. mean, if you're telling me he's the best option, it's not like they have a guy that if you're saying I want my leadoff guy to take pitches, work the count, work. The problem for me is I value Hoskins as a run producer, and I feel like they're taking him out of that role. Right? Yeah, I just, uh, I, you know, I think anal- the Phillies, we talked about this earlier today, uh, in the beginning of the show, that the, uh, that the Phillies have messed up the careers of some players. And I think it's because of analytics. You know, uh, uh, check that you guys like the analytics, uh, the exit velocity, the all that. All I that. don't. I don't like it. No. And I think it's messed up the game. I think the game stinks because of it. Right. To okay. be honest with okay. you. Yeah. Oh, I thought you were a proponent of that stuff. Not at all. But good, I understand that it's a part of the game. See, this gets back to if you know you have you have a you have a, a microphone, you have a podium to say we don't like it, mm-hmm. not accept it. You should be one of the guys screaming at the top of the mountain. Monday I do. Through Friday. I don't like it. I say it over I and over. Too many I don't people like it. acquiesce to change just because they think change is good. Well, again, I am come to terms with that. I'll never come to terms <laughs> with no pre. I think there should be four preseason games in the NFL. And because every player that I've had on, yeah, I know you're going to say, well, they're older guys. Yep. But the coaches and the players need to have that time to find out some diamonds in the rough, mm-hmm. guys that are on the bubble. Yep. You need those games, Mike. You and I have gone back and forth with that. Uh, you don't well, think it's necessary to have four, four preseason games. I do. I, I see what you're saying, but they're saying we don't need four because we're not playing our starters in any of the four. We can use the two games to find the diamonds in the rough. So what they, they use? Why because, not? If you're playing the diamonds in the rough guys for two full games now, right? Well, I think the coaches, I think the staff need the, this t- that time to find out what they have. Analytics has messed up baseball. Sitting out uh, starters is messed up the NBA, and football's messed up because it's a kinder, gentler, softer game. Well, the former players sued the league. That was the problem there. So. They are saying that they want more hitting. They also sued the league. So lawyers, which way, which way is it? Right, the same guys who say we need to hit more and hockey. I mean, you still have guys that'll uh, skate through a brick wall, take fifteen stitches to the face, and come back and play. But even that game has suffered a little bit because Batman tried to take out the fighting aspect, the physical, tough, in your face. Grit aggressive game is no longer there. So when the when the Flyers are getting waxed nine nothing by by uh by the Capitals, they t- sit there and take it. You got guys like Oscar Limblom to have to drop the gloves, and no one comes to his defense. Nobody even pats him on the butt. It's a travesty, Mike. I, I, the whole the whole like you need to fight somebody because you your team was bad enough to give up nine goals. I don't understand that whole philosophy. It just shows that you you have fight, that you're not going to sit there and take it. Well, then you shouldn't have given up the nine goals. You shouldn't be down nine nothing. So now because well, I gave up right. nine be- goals, I now decide. Because they gave up nine goals because they have no fight. Right, it but so that I'm going hand, to fight well, because I didn't have in- any fight in the lead up to the nine goals? It goes hand in hand. Yeah, but my point is, as you let's say you're down six nothing, at six nothing you want the guy to drop the gloves because you don't accept nuts. it. I'm going. I'm doing everything I can right, possibly but, do to save face, have some pride in what I do. You might beat me in the scoreboard, but 
I'm going to I'm going to make you pay the price for doing it. Well, what is that accomplishing? You gave up the six it, goals. It, it's sending a message that the now next I can time give you, up six goals the and then time, kick and scream the and next say, time you, come you in, scored six goals on me. Mike, I'm just old school, man. That's what I, know. I like. I know. I like to well, get off my lawn, dude. I, as, I, as I was telling you in the break, you more so than me, but even me, am no longer in the demo that these sports are going after. We were once in the demo, and they changed the game for us from the game that that your family watched and that my dad watched. And my dad would say, the game is different now. They changed it to get me when I was 18. Now I'm 44. They're changing it to get the 18-year-old again. So me, the 44-year-old version, they don't care about yeah, me anymore. guess what? We talked, and we did say this on the break. Look at the NBA. Who are they trying to capture when they don't let the star players? Like when, when the Nets came to town, all the younger generation that was looking forward to the, the, the star matchup between the Nets, they didn't get to see it. I'll tell so you they this. might have lost people. Yeah, I'll tell you this. Um, I coach baseball, and all the kids that I coach, 13, 14, 15, they, watch it. they don't watch baseball at all. All they talk about is the NBA. That's all they sit there and talk about is basketball. Well, they're going to stop talking about the NBA when their star players aren't in the game. Uh, it hasn't happened yet. And it will. <laughs> Maybe, but imagine. I'm saying. But the, you know what? But baseball, baseball's business model, I think, well, they, they started losing younger generation probably like, 20, 30 years ago, when they when they when the corporate corporate took over and, and all the money came into the game and the games were later and kids couldn't watch baseball at night because they had to be, you know, you got to get up. If a game well, comes on at night, if the NLC, if the playoffs, which is their best yeah. brand of baseball, come, when I was a kid, and I'm sure we, I think you probably caught the tail end of it. No, when I was games growing came up, on at 3 o'clock. for me. Well, for me, no. games. I mean, when I was a kid in school, mm -hmm. I put the transistor. I had a transistor radio, and in school, I put the little wire up my shirt, and I put it the, the thing in my ear, and I could listen to day baseball. Well, I can tell you this: they didn't have that when I was a kid because the Phillies were never in the playoffs. So I don't know when the baseball transistor game. radios were out. By the time. <laughs> I know what I'm saying, but baseball playoff games have been at night. Although I will say these uh, wild card games that they created, they play them all throughout the day. Yeah. It's just but I, every sport built. Every, every sport built plays their playoff games at night. This isn't just a baseball well, play. Like, that's why that's the bigger thing to, lo to lose in a generation of players. You know of, what though? Of, of spectators. I, I, honestly, like my girlfriend's son, the next day he doesn't watch one second of the game, but he knows everything that happens. Why? They have TikTok or whatever. The highlights come right to their phone. Yeah. Hey, Ben Simmons scored 35 points last night. How do you know? You didn't watch the game with me. Oh, it's on my TikTok. Just like just like fundamentals in basketball. I mean, you watch girls basketball. They got they have their fundamental their game is fundamentally sound. They're much better outside shooters. I wouldn't say that outside shooters. Yeah. Eh. Well, watch a women's game. I've watched one or two. Well, okay, that's not a big enough sample size to <laughs> to have a, a formulated. We opinion had the uh, we had the CEO, the uh, commissioner of the, uh, the WNBA on the, the show. The women's game, the, Kathy the, the shooting from them is phenomenal because they play below the rim they're not dunking they're not you know so right. they shoot the ball at a much higher percentage second hour of the locker room is brought to you by the great bay country club where it's not just golf it's fun make great bay country club your club great bay is award-winning nice buy because uh no when you have a heated debate oh yeah. heated conversation it, it it does fly by it does especially when you have a uh you know you're on different sides of the yes. of the coin yes you know, it's not I, even so much that I'm on you a and different I, side. You and I are definitely on different sides. It's not even that I'm on different sides. It's just I have a much better, like, I agree that four preseason games 
could be more beneficial. My point is, I understand why they're not doing it. I don't say that it's a better Mike, idea. I remember two years ago, you and I, in the summer when we used to do the get off the lawn segment, yeah. you and I pretty much went at it, disagreed on a lot, on that whole thing. So now you, you're telling me that you've maybe no, no, reevaluated no, no, that No, 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 bit? no, no. What we disagreed on was you were saying that they need it. And I said the coaches are saying they don't need it. Not that I don't think they need it, that the coaches are telling you that it's not a priority. They weren't playing any Eagles. You're saying they need to play them. I said, well, the coaches – don't want to yeah, play but everybody. And, and I told you this too. every professor, former player, some coaches, everybody to a man that I've talked to says exactly the opposite. It doesn't mean they're right. It's because well, that was the way they did it when they played. And that was the heyday of the NFL. No, well, right no, now is the right heyday now, of the well, NFL. All right, listen, those guys aren't making nearly the money. like. And it's not that their opinion is incorrect. Yes. Practicing more will make you better. That's not the conversation. That's not the disagreement. The thing was that the coaches are saying getting the players healthy. Not, to but the by the way, not season. all coaches either. Not all coaches. The coaches, you've some of the coaches that you've talked to and you've read about. No, 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 no. Say I'm that. saying that when you watch a preseason game now, most of the teams are not playing any of their starters anymore. Right. They have all decided it is more beneficial for us to get to the regular season with healthy players than it is a guy getting hurt in a meaningless game. All right, Mike, do we have any any other text messages to qualify? I think we before? got a winner. Do we got do we got a winner? We picked the winner. Okay. We're giving away a four pack of Phillies tickets, great seats, section 116, courtesy of uh Pensalk and Spine in Rehab, Dominic Mariani. Great seats for tomorrow's game. Giants, Phillies, the return of Gabe Kapler to Citizens Bank Park. Who do we have, Mike? Who well, I, I don't have the first name. I do have his email address, though, here. And he's okay. mentioned that this team is leaving too many runners on base right okay. now. The inconsistency, and I agree, the inconsistency. What was supposed to be the strength of this team? Their lineup. Their lineup, right? One through eight. And he's saying they're not pushing in the runs. Too many men left on base. I agree. They need, because guess what? Their bullpen has actually been decent. Yeah. We asked their bullpen, can you get better? They have been better. Real quick, Mike, they're seven and seven. It's a long season. The Phillies make the playoffs. Oh, I at the beginning of the season said no, and I don't see that. Well, I don't. I, I but I the over and under was what eighty and a half. Something I still good. say they. I I think they can win eighty six games. And I don't think that would be enough. Eighty seven games, probably still not enough. I had about eighty six, eighty seven. I don't oh, think that's okay. going to be enough. Brilliant minds think alike. <laughs> uh, I mean, eighty four. <laughs> God forbid if you agree with Billy Schwab because you I'd have to tell you to get off my lawn. Yeah, I won't do that. So eighty four. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think this team is short, just a little talent short in certain spots. Uh, they don't have a leadoff guy. I think the center field problem is definitely going to bother them all year. They need that six and seven spot. So we don't have the name of the winner, but, he, you, but we're going to send his him email the address. We have his email address. You asked me to get his email okay, address. All right. So we'll be sending you. I have you, his phone number, too, by the way. I'll call him. Put that in there. I'll call the winner. Well, that's why it's a text message. I like to, I, but I like to lead, read his name. It's a shame we can't say his name. Sorry. All right. You want a guy who left his name? Would you prefer No, that? no, that's fine. No, you, no, we picked the winner. <laughs> All right. Great show today. Thanks, Mike. I really appreciate it. I want to thank Ron Jaworski for checking in. That was a lot of fun, especially when he gave me the call. Ron, the, the off tackle with, with Wilbur Montgomery, unbelievable. That was great. Ron Jaworski, thanks, Mike. I really appreciate it. Thanks for making the locker room part of your Sunday because nothing could be finer than talking sports with the Schweiner, we get the we got the Phillies uh, this afternoon. Not here on ninety seven three, but they're playing Phillies and then Flyers and, tonight and at six thirty. Flyers six thirty right here. Right here.
on 97.3 ESPN. I'll see you next week, everybody.